Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my listeners. How are you? How are you doing? This is Teresa E. Keeves. Your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. Um, it's been kind of a um, slow start here uh, for me. Uh, give me a moment here. I think I, I was talking to my engineer. I had uh, I needed to give him some information, and uh, but nevertheless, it's a good day. And I would like to say hello to all of my international listeners out there. And once again, this is Teresa E. Keys, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. And thank you for tuning into my show, as I know that you do have other choices besides, you know, uh, you know, your busy schedule and uh, that you all are keeping out there. And you can be listening to somebody else and um, I certainly appreciate you. As I said, I'm a little bit out of sorts today. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you why coming up here shortly, but, uh, nevertheless, we're always going to have a great educational and interesting show. Now, how in the heck are you all out there on this beautiful day that God has given to us? I hope that all of your dreams are coming true and, um, and I hope that you are all safe out there, that this day is you know, going forward and upward and, and for you so that your days are not good. They're great. And I can wish these things for you because I wish them for myself. Now, listeners, you know, the weather here in Arizona, okay, believe it or not, since we have talked last, we have been in the 90s. Isn't that just like really crazy? But now it's it's supposed to be cooling off, but they say that, but then it always jumps back up to like 90. But uh, today the highest is going to be like 80, and then the rest of the week is going to be in the 70s. And we're all like, yay, you know, we want to wear some sweaters and, you know, maybe some boots or something, or <laughs> you know. Um, but we do have um, a warning that, the you know, the air quality uh, isn't good for, you know, for sensitive groups, you know. But, um, um, you know, that's kind of all everywhere, isn't it? So listen. I want to talk to you guys uh, briefly about something. And um, um, I was just talking to my engineer, you know, about the time zone change. It kind of got, you know, kind of wears on. You get you a little bit out of source as well. But um, my husband and I were um, away this uh, uh, past weekend for some R&R. And, um, and uh, you know, we received some um, some news that was um, very sad and um so I want to give my condolences, and um, this is uh, regarding the transitioning um, of my nephew. His name was Keith Lee Cunningham. Uh, he was the youngest son of my sister, Thomasina, and her husband, Willie Cunningham, who reside there in Glendale Heights, Illinois. And so like I had said you know, earlier, while my husband and I were on hiatus this past weekend, I received a phone call late in the night from my sister that her son, her youngest son, transitioned from a sudden heart attack. Uh, he was a young man, a very gracious, intelligent man, handsome with a good head on his shoulders. Uh, we grew up together, had a lot of laughs and arguments, 
but more importantly, lots of love between us. I'm missing him as there are things I do not understand, simply like, why did this happen to him? He was such a wonderful and caring person. He was a great son. He was a great brother. He was a great uncle, and he was a great nephew. Although it saddened me deeply, I know that God is in control of everything. I can't imagine how it feels to lose a child. I am sure that the hurt is tremendous and deep for my sister and my brother-in-law. So once again, I must remember that God is in control of everything, listeners, and that I must accept and move on in my life. But keeping the memories that were made with Keith and I near and dear in my mind, and I want to say rest in peace, God's child. Okay. And I also want to say something else, listeners, before moving on. Should there be something you haven't finished and you want to make short term plans to finish it? Should there be something that you want to say to a person that you want to clear the air? Say it. Should there be something you want to apologize to? Contact them and apologize. If you need forgiveness for yourself and or you want to forgive someone else, forgive yourself and forgive others. In other words, do your best to complete unfinished business. It is very, very important. All right. I have a great show for you today with my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, the world's best mental health therapist. And our conversations are always interesting and educational and uplifting, excuse me. So we are going to be talking about a number of topics, okay? I'm not going to list the topics. We're just going to go right into them, and um, I'll I'll say the title, what we're going to talk about, and uh, we're going to get into that conversation so that it would be a great one. Going to do something a little bit different. Now, my dinner table conversation suggestion is, how can you tell the difference between someone who is strong versus stubborn? Now, some people think they are the same, are they? Well, let's talk about it. This is an interesting, interesting topic for me because I hear a lot of people saying that my aunt is a very strong person, for example. She inherited this from her father. She never changed her mind on a thought or if it is something that she wanted to do or how she felt about a person. Now, here's another example, listeners. My uncle Ross is strong willed. He is determined to complete tasks that he starts out with, and he has a plan for doing so. Now, my question is that is what is the real differences between being strong versus being stubborn? Well, according to motheropedia.com, it states in part the following. The difference between being stubborn and strong-willed is this. Being stubborn is often a short-sighted, immature, and self-defeated behavior, while being strong-willed generally deals with the need to be strong and succeed, not giving up on what you believe in. Okay? For me, listeners, strength equates to someone who has determination to do the things succinctly that they must do in order to move forward to achieve whatever it is. A strong person, for me, is one who moves forward, like I stated before, with a plan. For me, stubborn resembles a rock. You know, you pour water on it and nothing absorbs. It just rolls off. These people, for me, are stuck, no movement, no growth. And in a lot of cases, they are fine with that. 
Now, according to media.com, there was an, uh, an article by Fritha Hookway, and it's titled The Difference Between Stubbornness and Determination. Now, this individual states in part that while you can be a stubborn person who is also determined in order to be a truly determined person, you have to let go of being stubborn. <laughs> Stubbornness indicates resistance to change. It's a stance of non-negotiation. Determined people are willing to consider things from all angles. They know their personal interpretation of how to take on a challenge mightn't always be the right or best way. They will do what it takes irrespective of where that casts the credit. Stubborn people stay put. Determined people are on a constant journey toward their destination. They are two very different things. Now, my question to you for your dinner table conversations, if you choose to use this topic, are very simple. So my question is, why, you know, like, what is what is your interpretation of stubborn versus versus um, someone who is determined? And are you one and which one are you? Let them think about it for a moment and then just. Discuss it. And should you find that you are stubborn, do you feel you need to change? And if not, why not? And if so, why? Do you find sometimes that you are both? Uh Uh-oh. Now, as I always say, if it is uh, this is a topic that you don't want to talk about, that's fine. Just choose a topic of interest and education and educational and something that, you know, that will, you know, include everybody's opinion and at the dinner table. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm telling you, um, listeners, that if you engage in these kind of conversations that, um, you know, it, it will, you know, you got to bring people back to the table, you know, as a family. We need to do that. All right. I am ready to bring on my guest. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. And he is here so that we can engage in some great conversations. And I just can't wait to hear his take on the topics. Good morning, Reginald, and I appreciate you being on my show. Uh, good morning. I appreciate being here. And uh, it's been a while since I've been on, so I'm uh, enjoying being back. Good morning, listeners. And good morning, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, where's the mental health therapist at? But, uh, you know, I, it, 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 I can't have it off too long now. That, that's not going to happen. But, you know, it's just good to mix it up a bit. But anyway, Reginald, yeah. Anyway, Reginald, let's, let's get started on, on something here. This is, uh, titled America Voted. Let's talk about it. Now, okay, it is done. Yes, we made it through, listeners and Reginald, we made it through. Now, Reginald, there's so much talk about the Democrats having control of the House. You know, I'm like hip, hip, hooray for them. And the Senate is still controlled by the Republicans, Republicans. And I want to tell you, uh, listeners, it's by a small number. It's not double digits. When they say they're controlling the House or whatever, you need to go and check out how much of control do they really have. It's, it's you know, single digits, you know, like three or four, maybe. Okay. Well, Sessions has resigned, Reginald, and Nancy Pelosi is beaming like I have not seen for a while since the Obama administration, and she's also vying to be the majority of the of the House again. 
Now regarding now regarding the Senate race here in Arizona uh between McSally and uh Cinema um they have yet to complete the count for all of the ballots citing that it will be a week plus before the results are in and they say in a report that it is over 500,000 ballots listeners that are still to be counted now share 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 with share with me and uh, my listeners some of your thoughts about you know last night's uh I'm not last night's Tuesday's events Okay, let me start with the, with the Senate, and and you're right. Um, the Republicans have a two or three majority in in the Senate, uh, so it's not like it's you know they've got 20. I'm glad that the Democrats took over the House of Representatives, so we put a check on this current administration. Uh, my frustration the other day as I was watching the returns is how, and I can't remember which channel I was watching. Um, and the commentator, the news commentator said, well, this is a good day for the, uh, for the Trump administration. And I'm like, what? How can it be a good day when you lose the house, when you lose the race, you know, when you lose a portion of, of the house? So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a, that's a stand and a half. Um, but things need to change. I'm glad, uh, that, um, uh, the, the uh, Democrats have taken over over the, the House because uh, there's investigations that need to uh, start, that need to begin regarding um, the Russian probe and, and uh, Trump's taxes and just, just a whole myriad of things that the Republican Party has covered up for, for Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, here in Arizona, it's like, come on. Why are there 500,000 ballots uncounted? This isn't 1912. Why Mm -hmm. is it going to take another five, six, or eight days to count Mm -hmm. these ballots when election night you count millions of ballots, right? You you project a winner by counting millions Mm -hmm. of ballots. So Mm -hmm. why is it going to take that? I I don't know. I just feel that there is unfortunately some shenanigans going on. Um. Lawsuits need to be filed, and there needs to be changes in the whole thing. I mean, you know, it's just so much of it's, it's so yeah. Going on. Yeah, it, and I and I agree with you. There's some shenanigans going on. I'm like, you know, how in the heck are you going to have almost a half a million? Um, you have a half a million, and if they're saying five hundred thousand, Reginald, it could be more than that. Who knows? Sure, but yes, absolutely. this is not nineteen twelve, where you're sitting down, you know, uh, counting every ballot and putting it in the the right box and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, why can't you do this more expeditiously? Um, this is this would be a very uh, historical moment here for the state of Arizona, uh, as we would uh, possibly have. You know, a woman and a Democrat senator, mm-hmm. you know, to be sent to Washington. And, um, you know, of course, Kristen Cinema was my girl. I, 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 I love what she stands for. I, I like her record uh, of what yep. she has okay. done before. And I just think that I just think that there's some some crap going on, you know. So I, I agree with you on that. I totally yep. agree with you on that. You know, I. I, I'm not under when I heard that yesterday that um 
that that it was, you know, 500,000 ballots to be counted and it's going to be like a week or whatever. I'm like, cool in this game, you know, do not whatever you do, do not, you know, concede, you know, right. until all these ballots are counted. It's just like um, um, and also today, my husband and I were reading earlier this morning that in New Mexico in the house, there was a uh, a, a guy I didn't read the whole story. So maybe I should talk about it, but I am um, you guys can go and check it out. But there's a, a gentleman who had been been um, cited, uh, who had been already congratulated, Reginald, Reg, rather, mm-hmm. and he was on the Republican that that he won. But then they only mm-hmm. had to take it back because it was actually the Democrat that won. Mm-hmm. You see okay. what I'm saying? It's too yeah. much. It's too much quickness, you know. Um, you right. know, like back in the day when uh, Ronald Reagan was running for president, and uh, I had got up that morning and and went to work and. Um, um, I voted before I, I went to work and, um, you know, about one o'clock, you know, I'm turned on, you know, my radio there in my little office and it was predicting him to be the winner. I'm like, how is it going to be? People haven't even finished voting yet or anything. You know, they, they, they need to stop that crap, you know, so. Right. I think this is, yeah, this is going to, this is going to be, um, this is going to be a good thing. Okay. All right. So let's move on. The next thing I want to talk about, Reginald, is, Blackface and blackface has a long disturbing history in this country. So why are people still putting on blackface? Are they ignorant to its history? Now, CBS Sunday morning listeners did a report on 11-4-2018 titled Blackface, a cultural history of a racist art form. Now, the host begins with this statement. With the recent controversy over Megyn Kelly's remarks in which she questioned why wearing, which she was questioned why wearing blackface on Halloween was offensive, Sunday morning contributor and WCBS anchor Maurice Dubois looks at the long and complex history of white and even black performers painting their face black. For more than a hundred years, listeners, minstrel shows were a popular form of entertainment on stage and film, reducing an entire race of people to stereotypes. Okay. So now blackface represents a strange mix of envy, fascination, desire, and fear, says Eric Lott. Now, Eric Lott, he is um, the cultural historian, and he's a professor at the Graduate Center of the City of University of New York. He was um, on he was on in this segment here that I'm talking about. And he said when, uh, you know, when he was asked by the interviewer, Reginald, to explain what were the white, you know, the performers and these white, you know, what were they afraid of? And uh, he says, well, they're, he, he says they're afraid of black groups, you know, and mobs rising up and taking the power. And so in this report, Reginald, it states in part that blackface was also a representative of how black people lived. OK, isn't that kind of the same thing that's going on today? Now, history will tell you that blackface was also worn by white and then black actors for more than 100 years. This stereotype is still going on today. They are depicted as lazy lying and foolish, and they were considered subhumans. Now, the reason that black people engage with performing in blackface is stated um, uh, is stated on this uh, 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 report, too, by Margot Jefferson. She's a Pulitzer Prize-winning critic, a beautiful woman of color. And um, she was saying that it made the audience feel comfortable as they performed in blackface was one response, you know, uh, during this report that they felt that the that they the audience it made the audience feel comfortable and 
And then, it, you know, the minstrel shows um, is the way that people of color could make a living. Now, these these things died out, Reginald, in the 1920s, but blackface still lives on today, as we know. For example, you know, that's what got Megyn Kelly fired. And so why do you think, Reginald, that blackface is still being used by white people today? And, you know, as it is offensive and it's often worn during Halloween in this country. So what's up with that? Well, I think with the minstrel shows and the blackface, a lot of that makes people comfortable in their racism. And mm-hmm. then they, um, you know, defended by, well, it's just, it's just a costume. Uh, and actually, I, I, I disagree somewhat as far as blackface being phased out in the 1920s. This was going on in the 30s, 40s, and even up, up into the 50s. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then it kind of morphed into the Amos and Andy kind of thing. And, yeah. and the blackface and the minstrel shows were, you know, as, as the report said, as you were saying, to make, uh, to, to depict people as not only lazy, Stupid, but but intellectually inferior. Just mm-hmm. how um, um, the black actors were portrayed in a lot of the the Three Stooges shorts and a lot of the uh, movies from the thirties, forties, and fifties, even. Yeah, and all of that. You know, he mm-hmm. was intellectually inferior, and and yeah, every Halloween you have something about someone, some college kids even dressing up in blackface and mm-hmm. then they defended by well i don't know i didn't i don't see anything wrong with that well you, you do you know because you've heard it in your home you heard exactly. it from uncle joe or you heard it whatever and that's mm-hmm. a part of your racism and again as i said earlier it's a way to make people feel comfortable in their racism Exactly. Now, you know what? I Not to interrupt you, but um, I, maybe I didn't make myself clear, but it says that the minstrel shows died out, not the not the blackface. And if I didn't say that correctly, I want to correct that. It was the minstrel shows that died out, but the blackface lives on, you know. But, um, yeah, I would I also want to interject that, you know, even on our gang, um, you know, back in the day with Alfalfa, a long time, those old, old movies. Um, you know, that, um, I'm, I'm sure still come on sometime, you know, somewhere with all of the million of, uh, channels that's on TVs now. And, um, and they were still, de- you know, depicted, uh, you know, as that. Um, and, um, uh, it, it still, yes, it does. It still lives on. It still lives on today. And, um, and this, and this is a doggone shame, you know, that, that people mind and I talk about this all the time. And it, and it probably even, can go back to what I was saying in my dinner table conversation about being stubborn. That, you know, it's like a rock. These people are like rocks. You pour water on it, but nothing absorbs. The water just go <laughs> rolling off the rock. You know, no, nothing absorbs in the rock. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. They, people need to do, you know, do better than that. We are all human beings, um, you know, in this, in this world. So, you know, get over yourself, you know. Absolutely. Yep. So thanks for that, Reginald. So now let's move on. The next topic is the changing face of the House of Representatives, civility or contentiousness. Now that the House has welcomed a big change, Reginald, more women, especially two Native American. We've got Muslims. We got 
LBGTQ representatives, and I said that this is a good thing as it represents America. Hence the word House of Representatives. <laughs> okay? Not even 24 hours after election, Time.com did a report, and it was, t- and this was titled, President Trump's Pick to Replace Jeff Sessions Suggested Cutting Off Robert Mueller's Funding. Now, this is being reported by Gina Martinez on November, November 7, 2018. President Donald Trump picked to replace Attorney General Jeff Sessions has repeatedly voiced skepticism in the special counsel investigation into Russia meddling in the 2016 election, once even outlining a way to undercut it. In tweets and appearances on CNN, former federal prosecutor Matthew Whitaker has said that special counsel Robert Mueller crossed a red line, Reginald, by looking into Trump's financial records. Now, Whitaker, who now have direct oversight of Mueller's investigation, and I don't know how that is because nobody has really approved him of taking over. You understand what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. Suggested in a 2017 CNN segment that a future attorney general could curtail Mueller's investigation by reducing the budget so low that his investigation grinds to almost a halt. Okay. Now those same codes of special regulations govern the budget of the special counsel and that it well within the power of the attorney general. So I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced with a recess appointment and that general attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces his budget so low. Okay, now Trump announced on Twitter Wednesday that Sessions was resigning and that Whitaker, uh, who is Sessions' chief of staff, you know, is going to replace him. Now, the news came a day after midterm elections, Reginald, in which Democrats gained control of the House of Representatives while Republicans expanded their majority in the House. This is what my question is. So is Trump running scared? Well, his knees are shaking <laughs> as we as we speak. Um, and this guy, this um, guy who you were, you were talking of, um, Whitaker, he was, he, yeah, Whitaker. He said uh, a lot of disparaging things against Trump during the presidential e- election. So now all of a sudden, you know, he's he's in his he's in his administration, and you know, yeah, okay with they're buddy thing, buddies, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is what Republicans do. This is what, you know, as far as uh, cutting back the funds, you know, this is what they what they have done with the ECA. This is done mm-hmm. what they have done with the Department of, of Education. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. what they do. They'll, they'll say, oh, OK, well, it, it will say we don't like it. It will say it and we'll work with it. But they just starve the budget. But yeah, here's the bright mm-hmm. side of that. There have been plenty of Democratic donators who have stated that even if they do attempt to starve the budget, that they will donate money. So it will continue. So they can mm-hmm. starve the budget all they want. But donation, but donators, and there's been some uh, millionaire Democratic donators who have stepped up and said that they will contribute so the investigation will continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this and is, and this is, yeah, go and, ahead. And, just, just say, and is Trump running scared? Yes, he is. And mm-hmm. um, his, his finances should be investigated. 
um, you know, he's meeting with Putin in France next week. Uh, so I guess he's going to meet Putin to get his to get his uh. Uh, to get his orders on on what on what he should be doing. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, let the investigations begin. Let them begin. Yeah, yeah. and th- and that's what I, and that's what I'm saying, Reginald. It's like and and this guy, he's very um, you know, mean spirited. He's very um, you know, like I'm going to do this and and I'm going to do that. Now I don't have any any um you know respect for um uh this this new guy uh that's coming on because um and I don't have any respect for Jeff Sessions either. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yep. none none yeah. whatsoever because they they all they all were, you know, were doing something crazy. You know, they all were doing something crazy. You know what I'm saying? So right. I I you know, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. This is I, I don't think that none of this has to be you know, um, with with all of this contentiousness and this hate and and things that's going on, it's 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 a mess. It really is. It's a mess. You know. So yeah. I, well, yeah. Well, well, this this is Trump's mo to, you know, keep things going and um, and just his 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 uh, disrespectful and ugly behavior at that so-called press conference yesterday was was oh God. It, Wasn't you know, that something? Yes. He talked about some of the Republicans yeah. that, that, that lost, uh, you know, making fun of them. One person who, I guess her last name was Love, she lost. He's standing there saying, well, there you gave no love and there was no love. I mean, what is this, fifth grade? What you, that- you know, <laughs> this is supposed to be a presidential <laughs> news conference, and this is how he – I mean, this guy, you know, he's he, he's an intellectual midget. He's a yes. racist. And yes. the term, and the term that the king has no clothes definitely relates to him. I used to say him. that about George W. Bush, but more so about this dude. It's a joke. Exactly. Now speaking of speaking of the the um you know the the, the press conference yesterday. Uh, typically, I don't look at um you know Trump when he's speaking or anything because it's just way too much. But I made myself look at this. And now one thing I will say is that I, I have to give kudos to the press because the press has stepped up. OK, um, they 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 stepped up, up Reginald, in the in the manner of how they handle Trump. They're not letting him say stuff uh, and, and he's just getting away with it. And it's OK. You know what I mean? It's not OK. So, for example, he um when uh, this one uh, woman of color she had um uh stepped up and she was uh, saying that when he was um saying that he was a nationalist and basically that that is like a call to arms for the rest of the you know the hate groups and things you know what I'm saying Reginald and so mm-hmm. and yeah and so uh he's he was saying to her do you see how racist that is do you see how racist that is what you said to me that that is just so racist that is just so racist and um and i have you know a huge amount of the of the uh um uh, black you know black uh, african american vote uh i have a huge amount of that and da 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 he's going on and on and on and so then Reginald, two seconds um after that someone uh one of the reporters shouted from the back excuse me sir Excuse me, sir. You have eight percent of the African American vote. That's single digit, single digit, sir. Eight percent. 
I loved it, Reginald. It was it was great. That I you know I had to pause the TV at that moment. I had more I had more than a good laugh with that, you know. And um and then uh with with Donna Costa uh saying that well he he can't come to the White House anymore. Uh okay. Uh whatever. Then then I don't go to the White House anymore. But I'm not gonna still I'm not gonna stop talking about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know? that's, that's really petty. He pulled uh, Acosta's press credentials, and um, oh gosh, it wasn't April Ryan of of, of the young lady. I, I I know her because I see her a lot and I watch a lot of her thing. So it's not April Ryan. It's it's another lady. She's a uh, she's she's a, a regular uh, a press reporter at at the White House, and uh, uh-huh. I can't remember what what newspaper that that she um, uh, that she works for. But she's a she's a regular commentator on CNN and uh, I have uh-huh. much respect for her. I can't, for some reason, I can't remember her name and I apologize uh, for her for not being able to remember her name. Uh, but Jim Acosta did what what the press should have been doing from the beginning uh, of not allowing Trump to just stand up there and spew lies and spew hate. You know, he comes out and tells them says that the press is the is, is, is enemy of, of, of the people. You know, it's, yeah. it's time yeah. for them to stand up. I don't understand why they have not stood up before. Why have not they fought back before? They allowed him to stand there and spew all of these ridiculous lies, and now they're mm-hmm. deciding to fight back. But, you know, it's like this is something that should have been done a long time ago. This is something that should have been done during the presidential campaign. Exactly, and 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 then and then um uh De- uh, is it Dana Bash, is it Dana Bash Reginald that you're talking about? No, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not Donna Bash. Donna Bash is um uh um is, is a white lady um um blonde. I'm I'm very familiar with with, with Donna Bash. Uh, she's that, one of my uh-huh. she's one of my secret crushes actually. So. So it's not. So it's not. It's not that fast. Um, it's not okay. Um, oh, I believe her name is me. First name is Misha. If I'm not. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, Misha. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but go she, go ahead. She's the actually she's um uh she's she's a child of 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 immigrants of, of Haitian immigrants. I believe she's uh, her parents are, are, are from Haiti. Uh, but a very okay. uh, fantastic reporter. Very good writer. A news writer, and she's really good at at her craft. So, yeah. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and and um and oh gosh, I was going to say something, but yeah, you, you know, because well, maybe some of them were listening to me because I've you know have been saying you know on the show that I want the media to do better to report the way and how they need to be reported and say the things they need to say, and you know, no matter what, that's what reporting is all about. So this uh, gentleman was on. Um, and so now I can't think of his name because uh, I did fall asleep on uh, Stephen mm-hmm. Colbert, uh, not because he was boring, because I was tired. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I do I do uh, record him so I could just look at him. But he I did hear this guy say that the media is now locking arms and that this, you know, and I paraphrase it, but it's like we are going to ask you these questions. We are exercising our amendment right. OK, and we're going to ask you these questions. And that's, you know, basically that's that for that. You know, but he was definitely a sitting duck in that um, in that press conference yesterday, Reginald. And that's the way it should be with him, because he has gotten away with so much stuff, said things 
nasty mm-hmm. things. And now that now that he has, you know, no clothes on, like you said, the House of Representatives is not there. And then the Senate is, is you know, it's not as, as I said before, there's only maybe two or three uh, 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 Republicans that that, you know, that are comprised of what he's referred to as as the majority. And then also, I want to say this before I go on. Also, Rich, I want to um, uh, 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 say very quickly of how he says that, you know, okay, the Democrats may have the may have the the, the House, you know, but I got the Senate. I mean, you know, it's just like you're saying, how how grammar school is that? You know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, I have these, I have a bag of potato chips and you have, you know, grape soda or something. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just so, it's just so childish. It's just so childish, you know, and, and all we're, and all we're going to do is be going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, because your ass is going to be a lame duck sitting president. You and Mitch McConnell and the rest of them. Okay. Oh my God. I, I'm loving it. So, you know, I also want to talk about, uh, this report. Uh, by mm-hmm. David Brennan, uh, from, uh, uh, CNN.com. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's about Donald Trump is rattled. This is what Don Lindman is saying. Mm-hmm. Now he says that President Donald Trump's hostile and rambling post midterm election press conference in the White House on Wednesday night showed just how rattled he is, according to CNN anchor Don Lemon. Despite the president's claim of a major victory. And that's the other thing he was saying, Rachel. We have a major victory. We won. We won very well. We won big. We won big. Now, speaking on CNN tonight, Lemon described the president's performance as a 90 minute temper tantrum and criticized his belligerence towards reporters with whom he clashed several times while taking, while taking questions. And uh, speaking to the media after the Republican House majority was wiped out, Trump denied that he had suffered a defeat. Focusing on Republican success in the Senate, as I said, by two or three individuals, the president claimed his leadership had delivered the best electoral results for the Republicans in recent history. (laughs) Facts don't seem to matter much to this president, Lemon said. What matters to him is winning adoration, and if he doesn't get both, he lashes out. Your comments, Reginald? <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, like you, <laughs> I, I made myself listen or watch that. You know, I, I uh, you know, I, I was at work, so I couldn't see it, so I downloaded it, you know, when, when I got home on my phone. And it was, yeah, it was a 90-minute temper tantrum. I mean, this guy is, 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 is yeah. he's unhinged. And, yeah, he, he's worried as, as well as he should be. Because the investigations are coming. There are so many things from the emolument clause and other things that, that, that they have oh allowed him to get away with. You know? With, I yes. Mean, so yes. it is just totally ridiculous. And let's just start with, with the non-release of, of his taxes. So exactly. there's a lot there. There's a lot to uncover. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. ironic that, you know, the Republicans, if you see when, when when President Obama was in office, when Bill Clinton was in office, if you sneeze, they had an investigation, spending millions of dollars on the way to the investigations. How many investigations in Benghazi did they have? And the majority of these people probably couldn't even find Benghazi on the map. But they spent millions of dollars on this wasted, you know, Benghazi crap. So 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now these are, now they are not going to mm-hmm. be able to stop these investigations with with the House, and uh, it's and, and it's about time because things need to be uncovered. There are things that are happening yeah. that need to be investigated. Yes. And again, let's start with this. Exactly. Taxes. You know, let's protect Robert Mueller. You know, let the investigation can continue. But I do want Mueller to come on to come on with it. So to come on with know, it. He, That's right. You know, he is rattled as well as he should be. And you said something about Jeff Sessions earlier. I'll quickly say this. I, you know, I'm not feeling sorry for Jeff Sessions. <laughs> Jeff Sessions got what he deserves as, 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 a, as a racist, as a race, racist thing that he has done in his time when he was in the Senate from Alabama and everything else. He mm-hmm. got what he deserved. So when you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. That's all I'm saying. You make your bed hard, you lie in it. You know, you right. play with the puppy, he licks your mouth, all of those things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry. I just kind of had to go there. <laughs> you know? But uh, no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that one, brother. I totally agree with you on that one. You know, I kept telling people that there is a God. He'll let you he'll let you go so far. But then it's like, nope, nope, nope. Get back here. You know, now That's the right. next thing I want to talk about is uh, Nancy Pelosi. Now, uh, both of us have said that Nancy Pelosi and Schumer have ran their their time. They ran mm-hmm. their time that they need to move on. Fresh blood needs to be, mm-hmm. you know, input into the into the Senate, you know, and especially with the Democratic leadership. Now, mm-hmm. political, um, uh, you know, has this, um, uh, you know, political dot com on eleven eight eighteen by John Brish. Nahan and Rachel Blade um, stated that Nancy Pelosi led her party to a historic victory on Election Day, and yet she still faces real hurdles, Reginald, to reclaiming the Speaker's chair after an eight-year absence. Now, the uh, the minority leader formally began her bid to become Speaker in the 116th Congress on Wednesday night, sending letters to each Democratic incumbent and member-elect asking for their vote. My vision for the whole next two years to, is to restore the House to a role it should have as a strong and independent voice for the American people and maximize the ability and the creativity of our entire caucus, Pelosi says. In that spirit, she says, I am writing to respectfully request your support for Speaker and to do so with confidence and humility. Now, Reginald, as you know, you and I have talked, you know, it's time for some fresh blood. Uh, mm-hmm. She and um, she and uh, 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 God, I can't uh, think of his Schumer. name right now. Just, yeah, Schumer. Just Schumer. They need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, needs to needs to go. So, do we give her another chance? You know, I would like to see some new blood. Now, now Nancy Pelosi is. Uh, I mean, when it was far as getting the Affordable Care Act and everything done, man, she was. She was a tigress, okay, you know, as far as getting things done. I have so much respect for Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, the Republicans have made, have made her the boogie woman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as far as everything. I would be okay with seeing her continue, even though I would prefer someone else. I would prefer, uh, uh, you know, why not Camilla Harris, why not Cory Booker, you know, let's let's have let's have someone let's have someone new. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if push comes to shove, I would be okay with uh, 
was Miss Pelosi saying because she she knows how to get things done. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want her to be, if she's sane, I want her to be feistier. Uh, mm-hmm. I want her to be, um, you know, stand stand up more. I want her to be a little a little tougher. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I know women and people of color. You know, they 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 stand on this thing where it's like, you know, well, if I act this way, you know, if I'm a woman, they're going to call me the B word. You know, if I'm a person mm-hmm. of color, if I'm a black guy, that you know, they're going to say I'm an angry black guy. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I believe in what what Barack Obama said, you know, if people like you, they're going to like you. If they don't like you, they're not. If they're going to vote exactly. you, they will. If they're not, they're not. They're, they're not. So, exactly. You, see, you know, so, but one thing about Nancy, she knows how to get things done. But, but as I'm saying, I would be okay with her saying, even though I would prefer uh, someone new. Uh, Chuck Schumer, mm-hmm. um, have respect for him, but he's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go. Yeah, I yeah, I know. I I, yeah, I I I agree with that. I think that, um, you know, that they, uh, you know, and as I said before, um, Chuck Schumer, he really, you know, if I had my if I had my druthers, I would have Nancy over Chuck. And it's not because she's a woman, but because she is better at getting the job done. You know, that, that Chuck Schumer, uh, he's been kind of just, a, you know, just sitting there, you know, um, like he's sitting on a lily pad. I don't know what he's been doing and talking about, but, um, I, I like Nancy. Uh, I know that she has Spitfire in her because one Spitfire knows another Spitfire, but I don't know why. Uh, and that's, and that I'm, I'm referring to myself listeners. Uh, but, um, uh, but, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I would like to see her step up to the plate. And, you know, and and do the things that she need to do and, um, you know, and to get the to get the job done, you know, uh, for for uh-huh. the party, for the for the, she get the job done for the party and she's get the job done for the people. That's what we need to see. You know, it's enough of all of this, you know, talk about this and talk about that, you know, just just go in there and just get the and just get the doggone job done. OK, uh-huh. now let's move on. There is an article by PBS.org, uh, and this is about uh, Fayette County in Georgia has voted for guns in every school. Now, we have talked about this on our show before, but we're going to talk about it again. This one particular report is titled, One County in Georgia Says Every High School and Middle School Will Have a Long Rifle in the Upcoming School Year. Now, the Fayette County School Board voted to place a long rifle and every county high school and middle school after a string of uh, school shootings last year. Each school's guns will be locked in a safe in the school resources officer's office, Melinda Berry Dreisbach, spokesman for the Fayette School County School said. Now, previously, resource officers had a gun locked in the trunk of their car, Barry Dreisbach said, but that would be unhelpful in the case of a school shooting inside the building. Now, what it, now it, the article says why it matters. Putting guns in classrooms are one of the calls to come from, you know, uh, February's mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman High School, which killed 17 and wounded more than a dozen others. So this is their reasoning for want to for wanting to uh, have what they're referring to as long guns, uh, you know, readily accessible for the, you know, school faculty. Now, Reginald, this has been a discussion, as I said before, on the table here on my talk show. And we have talked about this before because it is something that is near and dear to my heart. Now, 
Um, now your favorite stated this in the, in the article and, uh, <laughs> said the following. I think that a model that can be, I think that that's a model that can be adopted and should an option and it should be an option for schools. Okay. For states and for communities. Now this is Bessie Duvall saying it. That's why I was saying your favorite. Now she said that at a news conference earlier this year, Reginald, and she says, but it's certainly not one that needs to be required or mandated for every community. But you know, Okay, so you have you have your pick and choose of, of community schools, communities. You know, so what do you think about that, Reginald? You know, I don't like the fact of guns being in, in the school, you know, no. you know, period. If you're yeah. not a police officer, uh, you know, you should, the guns should not be in, 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 in school. Uh, you know, it's, um, a, a gentleman in, in my complex and I uh, a couple of weeks ago were, were talking about this same issue, that, you know, if, if heaven forbid there's something happening and there's a shooter, there's a shooting going on, when the police or the SWAT team come in to engage, they're going to engage whoever they see shooting. When things are happening, they don't know who's the person who is the teacher or that's the person who is in there to, to cause harm to, to the children. They're just going to see somebody with a gun and they're going to engage that person. You know, this is not some movie. This is not, you know, the SWAT team on 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 television. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what we need to do because again, there's what 13 people killed in another mass shooting to, uh, yesterday in this country in, in California. We need to get down to gun control laws. We do exactly. not need M16s and AK-47s in personal homes and on the streets when somebody can come in and buy an AK-47. But mm-hmm. politicians, Republican politicians, are not going to look at that because they're all in the pocket of the NRA, and there's a yes. war place in hell for all of y'all, okay? As you always say, and I always say, you may not know it, but there is a God, and he's in control. So there's a war right. place in hell for you because you're not protecting the citizens of your community and the citizens of this country, you're concerned about what the NRA is giving you for campaign funds. So, so no. And exactly. Then, if this gun is locked up in a cabinet somewhere, and uh-huh. what if, okay, the teacher's room is in room one. The gun mm-hmm. is locked up in room 10 on the same floor at the end, at the other end of the hall. Uh-huh. How you, when, stuff, when, when the crap hits the fan, how are you going to get down there to that gun? Are you going uh-huh. to leave your children out of your classroom unprotected and unguarded by running down to get that to get that gun? You know, I mean, come on, come mm-hmm. on. Let's just look yeah. at sensible gun control laws. Exactly. And NRA in check and put exactly. the Republicans in check. That's what exactly. we need to do. Exactly. Exactly. And and the thing is, uh, Rachel, you know, I had, uh, you know, reported, you know, about the NRA that they're not all of that, you know, they don't have all of that steam and huff and puff as they as they used to have. But nevertheless, they're still alive and well. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that I am not at all for guns being in schools. 
You know, I'm I'm so thinking about, you know, the children. You know, um, you know, I I have a grandson that's in school. Um, and um, you know, my granddaughter is in school and and um then I'm thinking about all the other kids that that's in school because they're all my children, you know, and I'm thinking about, you know, so you know, that you know, as you're saying, this isn't some TV program that's well orchestrated and and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and you're going to put a long rifle in there. Nancy, I mean, uh, Bessie DeVos, uh, uh, what what experience does she know? She doesn't know anything about anything. She was just put in put in that position because she, you know, was kissing Trump's ass and she do- donated a lot of money to his his uh, presidential camp- campaign in the beginning, you know, and. It's, it's just terrible. So I'm, I'm not for that. There's other resolves like uh, putting caps on, um, you know, gun laws, making it much more restricted, um, you know, and so that people cannot just get, you know, go out and just get a gun, you know, whenever they want. You know, like who is that that someone recently did some heinous act and they, they found out that um, he had 21 guns and all that. How in the heck did he have 21 guns registered right. to him? Right. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? 21, right. there's no way that you and I, a person of color, right. we could not be able to do that. But he had 21 guns registered to him. What war right. was he fighting? You know? Right. So, I, yeah. So, yeah. So we're both in agreement with that. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of my listeners, this will be give them food for thoughts. And, you know, a lot of them, um, I'm sure, agree with, you know, what we're saying, because it's a scary situation out here for our children. And speaking yes, of scary is. situation, I, I want to morph into something really quick here because I got probably about three minutes. But this is what I have been noticing um, as of late, Reginald and my listeners, that Americans are really losing their edge. A lot of Americans are, but a lot of Americans are losing their edge. There are so many stories that are coming uh, that are coming across, um, you know, like from People magazine, um, Huffington Post and things of the heinous things that uh, people are doing uh, to their children. Um, you know, they're either hurting them immensely um, or they're either killing their children. Um, it was a story that I came across and it was so sad um, and I you know, I, I, I read it, but this, uh, baby, uh, he was four months, uh, of age, Reginald and my listeners, and he transitioned because the parents never changed his diaper. Mm. So he, 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 he transitioned. I mean, what is the problem with that? You know, and then you have some story of some mother, you know, um, you know, taking the life of her 10 year old daughter. And I mean, it's just, after, 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 after. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, was trying to wrap my head around this is that why are people taking the lives of their children? You know, are you that doggone distraught? You know, that this is something that you look to do. You know, I'm going to take the life of my child. This was your child. You loved them. Hopefully when you were carrying them before they were born and then you birthed them into this world. And then this is what you do. I mean, if you're on that much of an edge, you know, please go out and get help, you know, have the authorities come and pick your children up and take them. I'd rather see them in, you know, in a, in a home or something somewhere, Reginald and my listeners than to be around someone who will possibly hurt them. You understand what I'm saying? I got about, I got about a minute and a half, Reginald. I want to hear your comment on that. 
Okay, I'll 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 quickly I'll quickly comment on that. Um, you know, as somebody who's been in the behavior health for over 27 years, and the position mm-hmm. that I'm in now, the therapy position that I'm in now, there are in I, I work exclusively right now with 14 to 18 year old young men, but throughout my career, I've worked with all ages of, of children as well as adults, and the things that I can tell you that I've experienced as a therapist and as a case manager will curl your hair. The things that I've, uh, the kids that I'm working with right now, the things that I've, that have happened to them, the things that I can tell you will, can curl your hair. So unfortunately, that doesn't surprise me as a veteran of this uh, type of work. And it's unfortunate that it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise because of some of the things that I've had yeah. experience with people. So it's, it's, it's a shame. It, it's really a shame. it really is. It's, it's it's a shame, and and my heart, you know, goes out to the the people that have done this, you know, as as well, you know, to their child. You know, I'm like, you know, how how sick are you? How distraught are you? You know, that you would actually, you know, take a life, uh, period. Be it your, you know, be it your child or or um, you know, or or not, or, or yourself. You know, um, my heart goes out to all of the individuals. Uh, with this mass shooting there in California in uh, Thousand Oaks, um, beautiful community. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, the devil is is everywhere. So I have I have gone out of time. I just want to say that um, you know thank you for listening to me. God bless you all. Um, have a great great day. I will see you in two weeks. And guess what? Two weeks from today is Thanksgiving. Okay, so make it a great day. Be kind to yourself. Because that's where it starts, and be kind to others. Reginald, thank you for being on my show. Love you, love you, love you. Have a safe day, uh, Reginald. All of you be safe. I'll see you in two weeks. This is Teresa E. Keys. Make it a fabulous day.